Welcome to the Innovation Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Chiara Covone, with 20 years experience on my back climbing the corporate ladder. And I'm here today to unfold insights of leadership wisdom to help you achieve success both at work and in life. Are you ready to create your own success story? Then let's dive in. Good morning, everyone. I hope you're having a great day. Um, today, I would like to talk about validating your product before you launch. And this is something that is really close to my heart. Uh, I've been working in consumer insight and market research um, and innovation for so many years that um, I've seen everything from the good, the bad and the ugly of how to really understand um, your market, your customer, and making sure that you are developing something that will be successful. So the so things we, um, we should cover um, is understanding who your customer is. We're going to talk a little bit about that. We're then going to be talking about how to uh, ask questions, how to get input from your ideal customer avatar, um, what question to ask, what questions not to ask, how to get really the best insights for your product validation. We're also going to be talking about um, the relationship you have to have with your product and who, you, who you, this product is for. Um, and, and also then and how really to get feedback and get um, customers pre-buying your product before you launch it. So you don't develop things that nobody wants to buy. So I hope you find that enjoyable uh, and interesting and insightful and, uh, and that you can apply those um, to your real uh, case. And uh, let's dive in. So when you want to develop a product, the first thing you need to know is who are you developing this product for? Any business is meant not for you to make money, but for you to serve someone. It's really important that the mindset has to be like that. Um, because if you're developing something, if you're just trying to be in business because you want to make money, I don't think you're going to get that far. You really need to have a customers that you want to serve, a product that they really want to um, that you want to give them and serve them and they really answer um, an express or unexpressed need. So which brings me to really understanding who is your ideal customer avatar, your ICA. Who is that person? And I'm really, really fond of creating those personas. Pers and sometimes these personas for me are actually real people. And these people have, have a story, have a life, have a present, a, a past and, and a future. And, and the more details you can put into describing who this person is, the more you can really see it in front of you, the better it is. Because then you know exactly where, where to go and, and look for other personas that exactly re respect the design of person that you have in mind. So really think about the beliefs and the behaviors that this person has and try to be as specific as possible. I know it is tempting 
to want to serve more people, to want to serve more, more type of target groups. And, and that is true. The reality, but the fact is that you need to design with somebody very specific in mind. What they say is that try to design for extremes, for people that have a little bit more of an edge to it, because the other, the mainstream, those will follow. But if you're trying instead to design something that serves three or four people at the same time, when you have those three or four people in mind, all of them in mind at the same time, the risk is that you're going to develop something that doesn't please any one of them. Because you, what you will need to do is then really start talking to that specific per person and understand what the pain points of that person are, what the problems, what the struggles are, what the needs are for, for you to develop something that is right for them. And so the more specific you are, the more niche you go, the more you will be able to really get excitement from those customers in buying your product. If, as I said, if you're staying too generic, if you're staying too average, people will say, well, yeah, that's interesting, but yeah, that's for me. Good luck with that. And, and I've seen that. I've seen the temptation. I also run uh, in, into that risk, into the temptation of, of trying to please too many people and you don't please anybody. While it's much better to really nail the, uh, hit the nail on the head with that specific um, customer, that specific avatar, and then develop a solution for them. So have one, one in mind. You can always expand your customer base later on. You can always design other products or expand your offer. But when you're just starting with one product, you really, really want to be as specific as you as you can. So if you want to develop something, you know, to help people lose weight, well, that's too generic. You can't just please everybody that loses weight. Who exactly are you trying to please? Which is it a woman? Is it a man? What age bracket? Why are they struggling to, you know, with their weight? What's the problem? Why are they overeating? Why are they not exercising? Why are they not conducting a healthy lifestyle, which results in 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 being overweight? So really being as specific as possible because then you're not just going to come up with, a, with another diet that, that they're going to fail with, but you're going to be helping them change their lifestyle to achieve the results they want, which is losing weight. So really, really being very specific about your customer is the first thing you need to do in design personas. Because the other thing is that what you're going to do is that you're going to go in and look for these people. And I find Facebook group to be a huge resource. Um, so you can, some of them are public, some of them are closed. So you need to apply to, to come, to become a member. Um, but, um, but what you can do is that you can, you know, you can use a search function in the group once you are in the group and uh, and search for specific questions if you think like if, if you want to understand for example if that specific uh, target group is uh, is talking about a subject that you, you you're thinking of producing a solution for then you can search into the group and see what comes out or what i sometimes do you know, in there's for example I, i'm part of a group that is called leadership and i'm just curious to see what are people asking? What questions are they asking? So I just go through the feed within that group and start jotting down the questions that people ask and the, and the answers that other people give. It's really fascinating. You learn so much by just doing the research like that. So you don't need to pay anything. You don't need to, to, to buy or any, any service provider to do this type of research, but you can really, really generate a lot of, a lot of insight. 
So, so then, then you will start understanding, okay, you identify that there is a specific pain point, maybe also, you know, wherever, maybe for your experience and uh, from your personal experience, I mean, and what you're going to do is that you're going to start thinking of designing a product description and you're thinking like, okay, this is getting, this is getting interesting. I have, I have kind of a rough idea of what I want to uh, develop. And there is where you're going to start drafting this first uh, product description, but you're not going to start building it. Absolutely not. What you're going to do is that you're going to start asking for feedback and the persons you're going to ask for feedback for, um, from are the person that you know you already developed credibility with. So you're not just going out there and ask very, very generic, uh, would you, you know, do you like this idea? Is it a good idea? Is it not good? Because that, that, that's not giving you much value. Of course, if you just want to scout the market and understand what people are thinking in general, fine, you can do that. But if you're trying to start validating your product idea, you're going to go, have to go very, very specific. I have a, a worksheet um, that you can download on my website. I'm going to put the, the link to it in my show notes. We're basically, we're talking about the four uh, major screening criteria for your ideas. And those dimensions are um, desirability. So this is exactly what we're talking about in terms of is there a need out there and can I, um, is my product answering that need? So is desirability of this product really high? Uh, there is viability, there is feasibility and there is uh, credibility. And for the freebie that you can download for each of these criteria, I have a series of questions that you can ask and score. Um, uh, either you answer them yourself if you already have done the research, or this is going to give you the stimuli to know where, uh, what, to, what, uh, what answers to look for, what questions to ask your avatars, so that you can fill that, that form and really get a more of a sense of where you are from a holistic perspective on your idea. But what I wanted to talk about is this credibility piece, which is the fourth criteria. And the credibility is the fact that you might have the, the best idea in the world, but you might not be credible yet in that market because maybe people don't know you or they don't know you in a different, um, uh, in a different role or, or, you know, or the trust is just not there. And so that's why it's also really important that when you're starting validating your product, you're really going specific into the people that you know they trust you already and they trust you to in that space. They trust you that you could, you know, you could develop a, um, a life changing model uh, for them to lose weight. For example, if you're staying in the, in the losing weight um, <laughs> scenario. So how do you get, how do you gain that credibility? Now, of course, um, this really boils down to your email list and, and the people that, that you have on your, uh, that subscribe to you that, and you have on your list. Um, and, but it doesn't really just stop there. What you need to do is really see which of those people are mostly engaged and any email provider that you're using will, will be able to give you that information. Although sometimes the data is a bit um, polluted because some email um, application directly open um, an email as you scroll through them. It doesn't mean that the people have read it. So, you know, you, you really have to be careful how you read these results, but that's the best you can do. So look at the level of engagement of your readers and pick those that you feel are, have the most engaged, the highest engaged. So open open the, um, the email. Of course, the best 
indicator if, if there is a click rate. So if you have a link in your email and people click on the link, that clearly um, suggests that the person has also read and, 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 and said, as you said, as you recommended them to, uh, to click on a specific link. Um, so those people are, are your ambassadors, the persons that you can trust more that um, would be maybe more interested in giving you feedback, are more interested in the subject you're discussing continuously and, uh, and continuously, uh, consistently, continuously on with your, with your newsletter. So those are the people you can ask for feedback. Um, so the other important thing is what questions to ask. And I often see um, on Facebook groups also people asking questions around projecting yourself in the, projecting yourself in the future. So which I, what I mean is that people ask, would you buy this product in January or in December? And, and this is really, for me, uh, an alarm uh, ring <laughs> um, because you don't ask people to project themselves in the future. They don't know. People tell you anything and they think they know what they, how they will behave and what they will do. But the reality is that what they do doesn't always reflect what they told you they would do. So instead, what I always recommend these people is actually ask instead what they have already done. Did you ask a membership for a gym last year? All right. When did you buy it? Was it in December? Was it in January? Was it in September? When did you do it? It's really a very different questions. Have you done that? So then talk to me about it. Tell me more what was going on. Why did you decide to do it in that day? Actually, we don't ask why questions, sorry. <laughs> um, but more, you know, tell me more about the story. Uh, how did you get about it? How did you decide which gym to choose? Uh, what type of membership did you sign up for, etc. Did you end up using it? Yes. Uh, tell me how the experience was, etc. Yeah? So the most important thing is that you need to uh, ask past experience. So then it's, it's tangible, it's real, it's thing that existed. The reason why I said you don't ask why is that the, the question why is very often a bit confrontational and, and it, it forces people to rationalize a decision, a choice they made. And, and, and people tend to go on a defensive side and, and try to justify what they did. Instead, what you want is really want to encourage people to elaborate what they just said. Um, that's why we don't ask usually close-ended questions. We don't, we don't ask questions that can be answered with a yes or a no, but we really open up and let them tell their story. Uh, because the more they tell, they tell you their story, the more you will be able to connect the dots and really understand what's going on in their life and what solutions can you bring them to overcome a struggle, to overcome a, um, a problem, a pain point. So really important, don't ask questions projecting people on the future, but really ask um, questions about the past. And I'll give you another example to really make, make you believe that this is not a good idea. When we were doing consumer research and sitting behind mirrors with my colleagues and asking people you know, any, any type of behavioral questions, etc., what happened is that when we were doing also not very good research was we were asking, uh, so people were, sorry, people were saying, oh, we, um, I, I love to try a new product. And, and that's a statement that people love to make, at least they love to make, to make 
some years ago. I think research these days has, has evolved a little bit. But in those days, you know, people have thought it was cool. It is cool to say I'm open-minded and I try new products and I go out and about. But the reality is that then you ask, okay, so when was the last time you changed um, the brand of milk you bought or the yogurt or um, any other product that you buy on a regular basis? I mean, you, you could change one day and buy another yogurt, couldn't you? Um, but you don't do that. Why is that? Of course, we don't ask questions with why, but, but the point is that what the point I'm making is that people are saying, yes, I love to try, try new products, but the reality is that, well, I'm very happy with the product I have. So I'm only going to go out of my way and buy something different if there is a need, even if I'm not happy with the product. If the last time I bought that yogurt, I was really disappointed. They changed the taste or they put a more you know, stronger aroma. It tastes artificial. There is too much sugar, whatever it is. That is a trigger for you to look for, for alternative solutions. As long as you're happy with what you have, you're just going to stick with it. There is no need for you to change, right? So let's, let's be clear. Uh, but people have continuously problem and, and they're continuously looking for solutions. So, so don't worry, there is enough solutions um, that people are, uh, are ready to, to buy. But you just need to make sure that you are really talking about the problem um, and don't expect people to project themselves in the future. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, so this brings me to discuss how to listen um, and, and being really an active listener when you ask questions. Because we are not trained and educated to listen to understand. We're trained to listen to answer. Um, and so what happens is that when somebody ta starts telling you a story, you're already processing it in your mind. You listen only to half of what the person said and, and you're already really picking on the things that um, confirm your assumption. This is called confirmation bias. So really being able to listen carefully listen to understand and listen with curiosity, really deep curiosity and open-mindedness without pre-assumption, it's so important. It's something that you really need to train because it's not natural. I've been training myself with hours of hours of sitting behind mirrors and listening to consumers um, and I had to overcome my confirmation bias. And I know that sometimes it's very tempting to just go, go the, the quick road and really just pick on the things that you want to hear, but this is not helpful. If you want... I think if you have a clear why you're doing this exercise, you're doing it really to make sure that you're, that you're hearing the problems, that you're hearing what, what the real pain points of your avatar is or are, um, then you can really make sure that you are self-disciplining yourself to, to not go in with already a, a pre-assumption of what the answers will be and really go in with an open mind. And this is also why it's so important that you do this exercise as early as possible in the process, that you don't start developing any product. Because the problem is that you're going to be developing this product and you're going to be falling in love with it. And, and you're going to be very disappointed if somebody's going to, you know, if, the, if the insights you're gathering are not supporting um, the product that you're developing, uh, you're going to be starting uh, to become defensive. which reiterates what I was saying in the beginning that you are developing this product not yourself you don't know you don't need to be the person that is in love with that product of course you need to love what you do but the, the fact is that you need your customers your avatar to love your product more than you do 
yeah, because you are serving a solution to them. So if you are your typical avatar, if you can put yourself, you were in a situation in the past and you, you, know, you wish you had the solution, and that, then it's okay. But it could be sometimes that you just really want to, to develop something that you don't need yourself personally. And then it's really important that, that you are making sure um, that your customer loves that product. So don't fall in love with your product because you need to change it, you need to evolve it, you need to be open-minded about it and wanting to change it and evolve it and pivot it until you have something that your customer will love and will jump and buy it right away. So it is, this is really, really important. So active listening, and this is something that you can practice. I mean, I, I started to become a coach and this is something exercises you, you, know, you need to do. You need to do exercises in which you just listen for 10 minutes without saying anything and just really, being the understanding and the only thing you can do is mirror back and trying to rephrase things that the person said. It's a beautiful exercise. I really encourage you to do that because it helps you in any relationship, in any dialogue you have with anybody. Um, this active listening and learning really to listen, to understand, not to answer is, is really a beautiful practice and that, uh, that they should probably train at school, I would suggest. Um, so. So don't fall in love with the product. Make sure that the product, that your customer, your avatar falls in love with it. And, um, and so what you do is that, so you have this product description and you're gonna ask your ambassador customers to help you fine tune and bring this product to the next level. So you're gonna ask for feedback and, and then you're gonna ask them to fill in a form. And this form will have a very clear question about would you buy this product? Yes and no. So this gives you an initial product intent. Um, and afterwards, you're gonna ask them, okay, you know, what do you, do, what do you like, what you don't like? Um, and everything that you gather um, with this feedback helps you fine tune your product. So this is a live product, live development, live journey. Um, and you are gonna be leveraging that information to feed back into your product and change it to, so that it responds better to the needs that your customer are expressing. So this is a fantastic journey, it's a beautiful process um, that really helps you develop the, uh, that, that solution. And then you will take the people that have said yes in the initial intent of buying and that's when you're gonna do a pre-launch. This is when you're gonna be saying, okay, here it is, if you wanna take um, advantage of the founding member launch, you're gonna get access to this product before we launch it officially. You're gonna get an advantage, advantageous price point, so you're gonna pay less than when we launch it at full price later on. Um, just click here and, and buy it. So this is your pre-launch. So you, do it, you did it with the people that you already gained credibility with, so you know that they're reading your email, you know that they're engaging with you. They, asked, they agreed to help you um, fine tune the product, they replied to your form and gave you feedback. And in the feedback, they told you, yes, I am intended to buy this product. I would be buying this product if it was available in the market. And then they they give you your credit card, their credit card details, and effectively buy that product, pre-buy that product before it's released. Yeah. So that's really where you need, where you get the confirmation. There is a market, 
people understand what I'm trying to sell and and they they give me they give me the go ahead and the interesting thing is that you don't need 100% of people buying but you need at least 10% and that 10% might be just four people you know if you're if you if 40 people supply uh, sorry if 40 people fill in the form and and you get a four people so 10% of them pushing the button on buy you get you you have gotten a fantastic input that these people have interest in your product and they have tr they trust you and they're ready to open up the wallet and they, they want this product so badly and they understand that you're making them an offer that it is irresistible for them at a price point that is going to be uh, completely worth it because it's cheaper than they were gonna, they're going to pay later on um, when the full launch happens and they really want to be in immediately. So that's really what you're, what you're aiming at when you do a product validation. And as, as you see, I, I didn't ask you to, send, to spend any money, basically. This is just, this you've done everything for free. You're using your providers, uh, your email providers to understand who, who you're going to be submitting um, the questionnaires and the product description to. And you're basically just asking them to, to pre-buy. You haven't developed anything. And that's so important because if you find out that nobody's going to want to buy it at that price point with that description, etc., then you still have all the time of the world to, to change that, to pivot that into something else and test it again until you reach that threshold of at least 10% of people that are willing to buy it, you, you are, you're not taking any risk for yourself. And you're learning a lot on the way. This is a fantastic journey. You should really don't worry about that. Um, that it's going to feel uncomfortable because it means you're learning and you're growing um, and take really any input you're getting, any feedback you're getting from your, from your avatars, from your customers as gold because it's, it's so precious and, and it's a journey. So, so that's it uh, really um, on the how to validate your product and how to pre-launch it. And, and if you have any question, just um, drop me a comment um, on my website and I'll be happy to take it up with you and um, have a fantastic day and I'll talk to you next week. Bye for now. Do you want to succeed at work while living your best life? Great! Then come over to my website, chiaracovone.com, as in C-H-I-A-R-A-C-O-V-O-N-E, and grab a free copy of my morning routine resource. It will get you ready for your best self every day in 20 minutes only. Thank you for tuning in, and I will be talking to you next week.